Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in to a brand new episode of the Believe in Royals podcast. And Alex Hughes, Jeremy Danner with us. And Jeremy, I'm full on believing in this Royals team. Me too, dude. It's been an amazing week. Um, you know, it's not been without challenges, but but seeing the way the guys have come back and the passion they've played with and Salvador Perez playing at the level he's at, I'm, I'm, I, every time I say it, I'm jacked, but I'm so jacked yeah. again. Yeah, you texted me like the seventh inning of that game on Wednesday night. Are you watching this game? And I wasn't at the time, but as soon as you texted me that, I'm like, okay, I got to turn this game on. And I, I saw the Royals come back, take the lead, then the Rays come back, tie it, and then take the lead. And then it just kept going back and forth. And then what we saw in the bottom of the ninth in that uh, game on Wednesday night, it was complete shades of the wild card game when oh, yeah. it was a tied game at eight runs apiece. And then Salvador Perez with the two fists in the air. Yeah. It was symmetrical, right? And I just think that's that. Like, we're here on April 23rd. Uh, and it's just incredible the comeback stories that these this Royals team has. It's so exciting to watch. I mean, if you were, if we were to have this conversation at the same point in the season last year, it would be a wildly different conversation would not be nearly as much fun to have. So yeah, I'm, I'm very excited about what we're seeing. Salvador Perez is the man. Uh, last night I tweeted MVP. I hope to tweet it again many times throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, uh, my tweet that keeps coming back up is Salvador Perez is worth every single penny of his new extension and more. Uh, oh, for just sure. be, because of just how what he means to this he's the heart of this team honestly he's the heart he's the heartbeat of this team uh but before you and i get carried away here we have a great guest bob fesco great friend of the show hosts uh, fesco in the morning on 610 uh, sports kc uh fesco uh is one of the best when it comes to talking royals baseball but also a great human being so let's get into that interview with bob fesco host of fesco in the morning Joining the show, a very special guest, the one and only Bob Fesco, host of Fesco in the Mornings on 610 KC. Uh, Bob, thanks so much for taking the time to join the podcast today. Yeah, always glad to talk Royals baseball, man. It's a great time to be doing that as well. Sitting here in first place, it's a lot of fun. Incredible. Uh, We're recording this the day the, the Royals have an off day today. But that Wednesday night game, Bob, what an incredible fashion. What an incredible game, back and forth battle between the Royals and Rays. And someone said on the broadcast last night, I forget who said it, but that's what championship caliber teams or playoff contender teams really have what's in them, the comeback story. So what do you see that's different than most years with this Kansas City Royals team in particular? Well, they're, they're really taking on the identity of their manager, Mike Matheny. And we talked with Mike Sweeney, former Royal on opening day. And he said, man, this team is going to fight. They're going to scrap. They're never going to give up. And that's what we saw from day one. I mean, that opening day game out of Kauffman stadium where the first inning took like three days to play. They never quit. And, and that's kind of where they are right now. They're a never say die team. They're a never quit team. And if they're down for nothing, so what they're going to scratch and claw. And they're going to find a way to fight back. And, and that really is what championship teams are made of years past. And 
and, and, and Jeremy knows this as well as anybody, they find ways to lose games. Now they're yeah. finding ways to win games. And that to me is what separates you from being a good team to being a great team, from being a bad team to being a good team is finding a way to do those little things to get victories. And so far through the first, you know, 17 games, three weeks of this season, the Royals have done just that. You're, you're right on dude. Talking about in, in years past, you know, you might get up four or five runs and then you're like, okay, what are we going to do to blow this or what's going to happen? But now it's one of those things where you can't count us out. What are we going to do to get back into this game is, is what I'm thinking a lot. I think a lot of people in years past would have turned the game off last night at several points, you know, three or four times during the game, you could have turned it off, but then doing what they're doing, uh, you can't turn games off. Now you have to keep watching. You want to keep watching. Well, and, and that's what it is, Jeremy. You want to keep watching. And, and in years past, you didn't want to keep watching. I, I heard from somebody on Twitter the other day who said, man, I, I got to be honest with you, you know, years past, you know, they're down five, nothing. And I went away and they weren't going to come back. You knew they weren't going to come back now that they're down five, nothing or four, nothing or whatever the case may be. There's no reason to turn this game off because you believe that they're going to come back and they believe that they're going to come back. And when they left spring training, the, the whole thought was win, 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 win now, win now, win now. And so if that's your expectation coming out of spring training that's going to be my expectation for them coming out of spring training and so far they delivered I mean we're, we're already a tenth of the way through the season and the Royals are sitting in first place and it, it feels really good and that's because of the mindset they had in spring training it wasn't going to be another rebuild retool figure it out type of year it was going to be all right we're ready to go we've got a good baseball team let's show it on the field and they have I think the biggest point, biggest piece of this team is Salvador Perez. I mean, he's just a guy that is a once-in-a-lifetime generational player, and he's going to spend his whole, most likely his whole career in Kansas City. There were some, a little, there's always going to be pushback by fans when a big contract extension is made, but in the 17 games we've seen, Bob, how important, obviously, has Salvador Perez been to this team? Well, I, I think anybody who's upset with the contract that the Royals gave the Salvador Perez, I mean, maybe it's it's best that you don't worry about the contracts and you let the people that are in charge take care of it because you're getting a Hall of Fame player, okay? And that's what Salvador Perez is. He is a Hall of Fame player. And I've started this week on our show, the Hall of Fame campaign for Salvador Perez because a lot of sports writers with mustard-stained shirts that live in New York or Boston probably don't know that Salvador Perez exists. And we need to get the Hall of Fame train going right now so when he does finish his career, people know that this is a hall of fame player but just in this week alone i mean the guy has single-handedly won four games for the royals three with his bat and one with his arm i mean when you're doing stuff like that not only are you an mvp or a player of the week you are a hall of fame type of player and i think when it's all said and done he's going to take a spot right next to george brett as the second best player in this organization i think it's going to be tough for anybody to ever pass george brett but i think salvador perez is going to be up there as the second greatest royal when it's all said and done and he's playing this year like he's never played before he's a man on a mission right now i have goosebumps dude I, i've always felt that way about him and probably prematurely a few years ago i always thought if, if there's going to be another the next royals hall of famer will be salvador perez but yeah i'm, I'm pumped dude like i honestly have goosebumps my hairs are standing up I'm jacked. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and, and you should be because for all those years in 14 and 15 when the Royals were winning, we always said, well, who's who's the best player? Who's the who's the guy that's going to really stand out for this team? And you made the case for Gordon, maybe Hosmer and Moose, and, and obviously Kane took off and became the best player on that team. But the most valuable and most important player right now in this organization is Salvador Perez. It goes back to the wild card game, and we saw shades of that on Wednesday night where he hit the ball down the left field line. It's like, oh, my God, we've been here before. We've seen this before. And 
and he did it again. He he has arguably one of the the biggest, if not the biggest, hits in Royals history with that wild card, you know, hit to give them the win in that game and to propel them, you know, further into the postseason for the first time in thirty years. And so, you know, Salvador Perez is a big, big part of this organization right now. Many people have said it before, especially if you're a part of this Royals team. Dayton Moore has said it that this team's coming back, right? That this team. They're going to surprise people, and I think they are already starting to surprise people that don't really know about the excitement around this team. What do you think, though, can be done to really put more stock into their excitement and to show people outside of Kansas City that this team, maybe not this year, but in the years coming, that they're back to what they were in 2014 and 2015? Well, baseball is such a provincial sport, and so you've got to do it in front of the East Coast audiences. And I, and I hate saying that, and it's so ridiculous, but that's kind of the way baseball is. I mean, unless you're the Yankees or the Red Sox or the Mets or, you know, trickling the Cubs here and there, a lot of people nationally in baseball just aren't paying attention to you. And so I think the Royals have to go out there and do it on the bigger stages, do it in New York, do it in Boston, do it in Chicago, albeit on the South side and the White Sox don't get love like the Cubs do. And, you know, they, they beat the angels two out of three. They took care of the blue Jays three out of four, you know, and you, you see what they did against the, uh, the Rays the other night and coming back and winning that game. So I think what they need to do is, is, is do it on the big stage because baseball has a real problem of teams like the Royals and the Reds and the Mariners and some of these teams that are battling for first place right now and like recognizing those teams because they don't represent those big markets. And when, once baseball can get out of that mindset and realize that teams in small markets can compete and do it the right way, I think the sport will be better as well. You know, I kind of touched on something that we talked about on the last episode. I, I remember when my wife was working on the plaza down at PF Chang's when, when we had Grinky, you know, <clears throat> visiting teams would come to town and she'd talk to players. She'd talk to sports writers and ask them, you know, what do you, what are you thinking about Grinky? And they'd go, I don't really know much about him. So yeah, we are underscouted or underreported for sure being in the middle of the, the country. Yeah, and, and it's really unfortunate because there's a lot of good players right now. Like, this team is better than the Yankees. This team is better than the Red Sox right now. And this team is going to be better for probably the next generation than those teams because of the young pitching that's getting ready to arrive here in Kansas City. And when you can build your roster and your organization on the backs of young pitching and keep that young pitching in your kind of in your holster forever, I mean, it's going to be something special to watch. And around the country, they better get ready for Kansas City to be on the map. They better get ready for Kansas City to be one of these ball clubs that's here to stay because they are going to be here to stay and it's it's not going to be a flash in the pan or anything like that and also people forget that you know the the Royals have won a, a World Series in more recent vintage than the Mets than the Yankees have you know the Dodgers finally got their first one in the last three decades you know so the Royals are doing some amazing things and I still don't think they get enough credit for what they were able to accomplish back in 14 and 15 they're the only small market team since the modern era of baseball started in the mid 90s that is not only only won a world championship, but also gotten back-to-back -back world championships. Yeah, getting getting to be, one world series is hard yeah. enough. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting crazy. to one is extremely hard. Getting to two and doing it in back-to-back -back years like they did. It's insane. Just go look at the world series since 1994. There's not a lot of repeat champions, but there's also not a lot of back-to-back, -back, you know, folks that made it into the world series <laughs> because of how hard it is to do. Mm -hmm. And against great teams as well, because, the teams that they played against were, were almost dynasty teams in some cases.
Yeah, I mean, the Giants obviously were that dynasty team every other year of winning it. And, you know, they they did it against the Angels, who, you know, have not had a postseason win since 2002 when they won the World Series. They did it against the A's, who are like always there, but never seemingly achieved that kind of success in the postseason. Uh, Baltimore was having a heck of a season back in, you know, 20, uh, what was it, 2014 or 15? I mean, so they played against some really good baseball teams. And not only did they win, they demolished teams. I mean, people forget they won the first eight eight games of the playoffs in 2014 and then to, to have a heartbreaking game seven loss like they did to the Giants and come back next year and pick up right where they left off it really was an amazing run and I think that's going to be more the norm going forward for the Royals than just the exception Bob I think I would be remiss you, you mentioned the young prospects pitching on the pitching side but what can a Bobby Wood Jr. add to this Royals team when he makes his eventual debut do you see it possibly this year? Does it depend on how he performs once the minor league season starts? What's the kind of the mindset, do you think, of the Kansas City Royals front office when it comes to Bobby Wood Jr.? Well, I think right now, and I'm just being honest here, you have to look at him as your shortstop of the future. I, I don't think we can rely on Alberto Mondesi anymore. The guy's hurt all the time. And so, you know, the, the best ability is availability. And if Mondi's not available, you know, I don't care about potential anymore. He's eventually got to stay healthy and play. And it looks like, you know, late May, early June is when he's probably going to come back if, you know, if, if it's that soon. And so to me, I just look around and say, you know what, let's, let's focus on Bobby Witt Jr. being the future shortstop here for the Kansas City Royals and if somehow Mondi does come back and grabs that position and he stays healthy and he's into the mix then maybe you talk about Bobby Witt Jr. at third base or or maybe you talk about him out in center field or you know wherever the case may be but I think right now if, if you're in this organization and, and me as a fan of this organization I got to look at it and I got to say Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be the shortstop of the future until Mondesi can prove otherwise. In the meantime, can we talk about the amazing job that Nicky Lopez is doing? Yeah. I saw a Facebook post from the Royals when they talked to him you know, about his major league debut, and he said, I want to do whatever I can to help the team win or what I need to do in those situations. That bunt last night was perfect. It was beautiful. Mm -hmm. Frame like if Make an NFT of that bunt. That's what they need to do. That was amazing. Yeah, Nicky Lopez is a great example of how everybody should approach every situation in their life. You know what? You didn't get the situation that you wanted, but another situation presented itself and you're making the best of it. And that's what Nicky Lopez has done so far from the moment this season started it didn't look like the same guy that had 85 strikeouts in spring training and only four hits. It looked like a completely different player. And I give Nicky Lopez a lot of credit for that because I think we've all been in adverse situations in our lives where it would have been easy to crawl into bed and cry and to try to forget about it and wish that time away. But Nicky Lopez didn't do that. He, he embraced it, went down for the week that was in the minor leagues and worked his tail off and then got the opportunity to come up and make the club, you know, with the big league ball club because of the injury to Mondesi. And he's taken advantage of it. Like right now, how do you take Nicky Lopez out of the lineup? He's playing great defense. He's coming through in the clutch. He's laying down the bunt. He's doing everything that you possibly could ask for from a guy and then some because of the situation that he had. You know, I think that's what's the most exciting part about this Royals team is, yes, Salvi kind of won the four biggest games in the last few weeks, but it almost seems like there's a different player of the night every single night, right? Like that Nicky Lopez bunt changed the game. Uh, the bullpen has really come in clutch as of late, too. There's just so many great, exciting pieces that it's all piecing together. But one guy that I'm surprised isn't, I, I think he... 
he's probably getting accustomed to Kansas City a little bit more. But Andrew Benatendi, if he starts performing like he did in Boston two years ago, two, three years ago, how much can he add to this Royals team? Well, it just extends your lineup even more. And one of the biggest things that the, the Royals have had over the last couple of years has been seven, eight, nine in the lineup, giving you absolutely zero. If, if Benintendi stays at the bottom part of that lineup and starts to hit, that just extends your lineup even more. I mean, right now, the Royals have one of the top three bottom thirds of the lineup in all of Major League Baseball. And so that's pretty impressive coming from an organization who went one through six and seven, eight, nine for the last couple of years has just been absolutely empty for them. So I, I think Benintendi, you know, people starting to feel that he got a swing back a little last night like the way that he's been hitting the ball since he's been moved to that number seven spot so hopefully that continues and takes the pressure off him he has to understand too he's not in boston man there's nobody's going to be hard on andrew benintendi here he doesn't have to put the pressure on himself just go out there and play baseball and everything's going to be good mm-hmm. i think that's what makes i mean other teams like this for sure but kansas city we want to love up on our players and even when they're doing bad we want to pick them up and we want to see them do well. We want to celebrate them. If you're playing in Boston and New York, they're probably guys, you know, tweeting, send him down, DFA him, get rid of him right now. 17 games into the season, which is insane. Oh, oh, oh I mean, New, New York's a New York's a dumpster fire right now. I mean, you, you ask anybody who's following the Yankees and you listen to talk radio out of New York. And, you know, I love eavesdropping in every once in a while to see what they're saying in New York. And it, it's crisis mode. They, they, they are saying if George Steinbrenner was still alive, this guy would be fired. That guy would be fired. This guy would be traded. And so there's no forgiveness in markets like this. Andrew Benintendi's coming from a market like that where there's zero forgiveness to a market where there's a ton of forgiveness. You have a bad week. So what, man? We got your back you're gonna be okay everything's gonna be fine we're gonna root for you and we're gonna pull for you we're gonna try to as best we can you know help you through those situations that's just the way it is here in kansas city i think it's that way in the clubhouse too everyone keeps talking about the love that's in that clubhouse and how much these guys genuinely love each other and care about each other and they're not looking to to show anybody up they're looking to pick their their fellow players up is what they want to do yeah, and, and I think that's important when you have, you know, 26 guys that are kind of rallying around each other and doing the same thing and playing for the same cause. Yeah, it, it's real important. I mean, Mike Matheny told us a story the other day on the show about, you know, just kind of listening and Dyson being the leader in there. And when, when they signed Dyson's, everybody's like, really, Dyson? Why, why is he coming back? He's been a leader for this organization. He's been somebody right now that this team can count on in a leadership role. And you need guys like that. I mean, it's really kind of reminiscent almost of going out and getting a Banyas in 14 and him coming in and doing the whole Stuart Smalley routine. If you guys are good enough and gosh darn it, people like you. And then they took off and they made it into the postseason. Now we got Dyson who's doing that basically from the beginning of the year and look at the way they've started this season. Mm-hmm. I read Bob, that it question. took, yeah. go ahead, dude. Sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. Jeremy. I think I read um, a couple of years ago, it took 32 games to reach 10 wins for the Royals. It's insane. This hot start they've had. Do you, do you see that momentum carrying through? I do. I do. I mean, because winning is like a drug, man. Once you get a taste of that, you want more and more and more. And I think that's where they are right now. I know as a fan, we feel that way. We're celebrating every morning on the, on the radio. We're, we're, we're playing music and, you know, doing all the kind of stuff that they're doing in the clubhouse and just having fun with it because it is fun. It's so much more enjoyable when you wake up in the morning and your baseball team is winning. And, you know, people can say what they want about football and it's great, but it's once a week. Baseball is every day and you ride the highs, you ride the lows, 
goes with it. You're up and down and all over the place and, and whatnot. But so far this season, there's been a heck of a lot more highs than there have been lows. And it's just so much fun every morning to know the Royals won. They're in first place. They've got 10 wins through their first 17 games. And, you know, things are going great. And now you're headed to Detroit for four and then Pittsburgh for two. Like those teams stink. Go in there and take care of business. Win six straight against some of those bad teams. Keep the losing teams losing. Don't, you know, let up on the road. Go out there and really pad your record over the next week. I have an interesting follow-up. Whit Merrifield and Pat Mahomes have always gone back and forth on social media saying, what the heck, you're taking up my jersey spots on the board. There's Mahomes, Royals jerseys, and and instead of Merrifield jerseys or Perez jerseys, whatever, do you think the winning culture that the Chiefs has built up over the last few years kind of adds a pressure to the players on the Royals and the organization to simply kind of win as well right now as two? Well, it did the reverse in 2014 and 2015. There's no doubt about it. The The Chiefs saw what the Royals did and went, man, why not us? And, you know, I know from talking to Andy Reid and, and, and Brett Veach that when they saw the Royals win the World Series, they're like, man, we watched the Phillies win this thing. We watched the Chief, uh, the Royals win this thing. Maybe we should have gone into baseball because we're, we're just not getting our championship. But it, it definitely motivated the, the Chiefs because they saw that blue parade and that sea of blue on that beautiful November day that none of us will ever forget and how wonderful that was was and the Chiefs said we want that that prompted them to say you know what let's be aggressive let's go trade up let's go get Patrick Mahomes and I think the the Royals are feeding off of that I mean how how could you not look across the parking lot right now and say we've got to win because we're not only competing against another team in town we're competing against a Super Bowl championship team that's gone to -to back-to-back Super Bowls and they've got the greatest player on the face of the earth who just happens to be part of our ownership group, but that's what we're competing with. And so we need to make a statement because if we don't fans will lose interest in us and it will all be focused on them. We need to keep fans interested in us. So yeah, I absolutely think the chiefs are motivating them. Mm-hmm. But Bob, we want to say thanks so much for coming on the podcast today. I guess last simple question. Yes or no. Is this a playoff team? Yeah, I think it is. I thought they'd go 162-0 and at the beginning of the season, so I'm going to continue to to ride this thing and to, to celebrate the wins. Life's too short to sit here and think negatively. And, you know, through the first, like I said, 10th of the season, they're in first place. Let's keep this thing rolling. Mm-hmm. Bob, thanks so much for coming on today. We appreciate it. You bet. No one is better than Bob Fesco, in my opinion. He's just an incredible person, isn't he, Jeremy? I'm a huge fan. I started going on his show years ago uh, when I worked at Boulevard. They do beers with the boys, and I'd come in and yeah. taste beer at, uh, at 9 o'clock in the morning, and that's a great way to make friends with radio guys. But uh, we, we stayed in touch throughout the years since then. And, yeah, he's awesome guy, great for Kansas City sports. Um, there's a guy on Twitter that, that calls him Legend Bob, and I think he lives up to that. You know, one of my favorite things, one of my first conversations with him was back in December of 2020, and I said, you know what I really like about you is, like, I would hear conversations of him off the air, and I would listen to his show in the morning, and it sounds like the same person. And I'm like, you know, like, I really like that. Like, he interviewed Dayton one time on the radio, and when I listened to the interview, it sounded like it honestly sounded like a conversation. And he was asking all the questions that fans of the Royals wanted to hear the GM of the team asked. And I said that to him, and he says, well, I learned back in the day that if you always tell the truth, then you never have to think about what you said before like if i tell you that i really like this royals team but i don't then i'm lying (laughs) and then i have to remember like what i said about them so i just tell the truth it's easier you don't forget anything you don't have to think about anything and i'm like wow what a great point um so once he said that my respect for him has just skyrocketed 
super good dude i'm i'm a terrible liar so i just don't do it i think that's yeah. the way to do it as well but yeah fesco is definitely the man i think it's really cool that he took the time to come on and chat with us yeah absolutely but uh what a great week for royals baseball um if you aren't subscribed to us i don't know what you're waiting for uh be sure to give us that five-star review on apple podcasts and share it with your friends and and go back and listen to episode one with george brett mlb hall of famer um and royals hall of famer royals all-time great uh but perez uh oh i think george might have some competition you know, I, I've been saying it for a while. I said it during the, the interview with Fesco that I, I really believe that if the Royals have a next Hall of Famer, I mean, we will at some point. It's, it's going to happen. Somebody will go into the Hall as a Royal. But I think Salvador Perez is that guy. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. But Jeremy, uh, we want to say thanks, everyone, for listening to this episode. And again, be a subscriber. Leave that five-star review. And let us know what you think about the podcast and who you want to see on. But for Jeremy, I'm Alex Hughes. Have a great rest of your Friday, and we will be seeing you next week. Have a great weekend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.